Jesus. St. Luke chapter 8, your Bibles today. St. Luke chapter 8 and verse 41. Praise God. Thank you for singing that song with me. Hallelujah. I want him to pass by our way today. I said, I want him to pass by our way today. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Joe has graciously made sloppy Joes for after service. So pass by his way afterwards, and he's doing a fundraiser to help Dottie, who's been approved to go on a mission trip. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Luke chapter 8, verse 41. Amen. Verse 41, I'd like to start. You know, we've been here 25 years. We had celebrated a few months back and, and calling some people and just thanking them for the help along the years that have helped, helped us and building the work of the Lord or trying to. And Brother Padgett was one of those, Sister Padgett, who were first with us when we started. Amen. And helped us get off the ground. Praise God. So thank you. Praise God. I serve a good God. I love him today. Amen. I don't know why I'm feeling so melancholy today. Maybe it's the weather. Hallelujah. Verse 41, and I'll have you be seated here in a minute. It said, Behold, there came a man, a, a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitude thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years. Notice how you pick up on this 12 years. The Bible doesn't do that by accident. Who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master. It's always Peter speaking up, wasn't it? Master. The multitudes throng and press you. And you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me. <laughs> For I perceive power going out 
from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You just set your Bibles down. Sometimes I believe there's just somebody in a throng of people that can touch the Lord and his power can flow. Will you reach out to him one more time? Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for being with us, oh God. You said wherever two or three, you're in our midst. We thank you for being here. Will you reach out and touch him, church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Will you just give the Lord a hand praise before you're seated? You may be seated. I was in California with Vera last summer, and we were at a place of where all the tourists go, you know, and, and I had noticed a Jewish man, and I knew he was Jewish because he had the tassels hanging from his pants. And it is those tassels and that hem of the garment that, is what's really being spoken above about in this passage of Scripture. And I wanted to go up and just kind of touch those. I didn't, but I wanted to just touch him and then see what he'd have to say and say, why'd you touch me? And say, well, I was thinking about the woman in the Bible. Have you ever heard of Jesus? Amen. Are you with me today? Praise the Lord. Have you ever wondered why she thought if she could touch his clothes, she'd be made whole? You ever read the book, Dress for Success? <laughs> or Power Suits? The way you dress oftentimes speaks volumes. Amen. In, in our culture and in their culture. Because in ancient Near East, it was the hem of the garment that identified the wearer of what he was. And it was regarded, clothes were actually regarded as an extension of the owner's personality and his authority. We do that today somewhat. When you see a police officer in a uniform wearing his badge, you know he carries some authority. 
Amen. You're wise if he pulls you over to say yes, sir, <laughs> and no, sir. Amen. And personality also, we know that oftentimes what people wear expresses sometimes how they feel. Amen. The hem of the garment, even at this time that the Jews would wear and Jesus would wear, and, and basically talking about the tassels that would be on the four corners of that garment. But with that hem of the garment, he could even press on a clay tablet his signature with that hem, and it would identify who he was. Amen. It was the hem cut. It was, uh, or pardon me, during the rite of divorce, when, when serving, uh, severing a relationship through divorce, amen, the hem was cut. And, and it's cutting that close personal tie. When a servant would, would grasp a hold of his overlord's garments, it was a sign of submission. Remember when Saul, King Saul, and Samuel came and rebuked him for making the offering that he should have waited for Samuel because in the office of the king, the king was not to be the priest in Israel. That only came when Jesus Christ, who was king and priest, would fulfill that role. But the king was not to be king and the priest. And he stepped into that priestly role because he thought Samuel wouldn't come on that seventh day that Samuel promised he would come but he didn't see him and he got nervous about it so he assumed the authority of the priesthood and he made the sacrifice and of course Samuel came and when he saw it he rebuked him and then of course the other time Samuel came and rebuked him was when he did not fulfill the command of the Lord to kill all of the Amalekites and he was to kill the animals, and, and he saved King Agag, and he saved the animals. And, of course, like any good person, we blame, he blamed the people, right? Saul blamed the people. But the Lord had told Samuel that God would not continue to keep the kingdom with Saul, that it would be given to another. And it was there when Samuel began to leave. That Saul went and grasped a hold of what? His garment. Amen. As a sign of submission. But when he grabbed a hold of the garment, the garment tore. It ripped. And when it ripped, Samuel turned around, pointed his finger in Saul's face, and said, so has God ripped the kingdom from you. It was authority. Amen. It was a sign. It represented. In 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 4, we read where Saul is after David. He's jealous of David. He wants to kill David. And David is hiding with his men in a cave. And Saul goes in there and he, and he lays down and and his men tell him, you can read it for yourself. I won't take time to read it, but read it for yourself. 1 Samuel 24. His men are telling him, remember when it was prophesied that God would put 
saw your enemies in your hand and you could do to him whatever seemed good to you. And it was there that David could have killed Saul. He could have taken his life, but he refused. Amen. Because he didn't want to touch the Lord's anointed. Amen. He said, I'll let the Lord take care of that. But he could have. And that's some people will do that to you. They'll, they'll think you're fulfilling the will of God. You know, his men would have backed him on that. But he refused. But he did this, the Bible says. He took and he cut a piece of the garment of Saul off. He cut it. And we think, why did he do that? It was great symbolism. It was, David was telling Saul something. Amen. And when Saul left, he showed, he come out and he said, he told him, I'm not here to harm you. I, I, I could have killed you, but all I've done was take a piece of your garment. But taking that, that robe, that, that garment, that cutting that was telling Saul that God was going to take the kingdom from Saul and give it to David. Amen. And even Saul recognized that and says it in that chapter because clothes spoke volumes. There was power in it. David wasn't pulling a prank, but he was telling King Saul, you've lost the kingship. And Saul said, and, and Saul said this, and now behold, I know that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. So why did Jesus have that hymn or that fringe around his garment? Go with me to Numbers chapter 15. Numbers chapter 15, verses 38 through 40. He says, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassel of the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you may follow, and that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your eyes are inclined. And that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Jesus wore them because of numbers, this chapter right here. He obeyed the law. Amen. Jesus was concerned with what he wore because of obedience to the law. Amen. That's how the woman at the well knew he was a Jew, by what he wore. Amen. So the fringe was twofold. It identified a Jew as a Jew and a member of God's chosen people, 
no matter where he was, he was identified as a Jew. Can you shout praise the Lord? Amen. And it was meant to remind a Jew every time he put on or took off his clothes that he belonged to God. Amen. Praise God. This woman understood the power of what Jesus was wearing. Amen. Her condition, the Bible says she was unclean. I did not read you the verse of Scripture. Amen. But any time there was an issue of blood in Leviticus, as long as that issue was going forth, a woman was unclean. Amen. And according to the law, she was shut off from worship. She couldn't go to church. She shouldn't have even been among the crowd that day. Amen. But there she was. Amen. And, and she could not have fellowship with other women. She was isolated. She was alone. Amen. She was considered unclean. Amen. But she understood something different was among her that day. Amen. And I guess if I was to put a title on this, amen, it is God's grace is greater. She understood something that was greater than the law itself. Can somebody shout amen to that? Amen. She was unclean. She was isolated. She was alone. But there was somebody there that she had to reach that she understood could help her situation. The Bible said she had gone to physicians. She had spent all her money on doctors, if you please, trying every remedy to be cured for 12 years. Amen. But yet she was the no better. She was not getting better. Amen. And, and she understood she was not getting better. And she had no more money to go to the doctor. Some of the, it's interesting, some of the uh, remedies that the Talmud, the Jewish book has, that they would use for remedies. Amen. And one of them was to carry the ashes of an ostrich egg in a linen bag in the summer and in a cotton bag in the winter. There's another one worse than that. Was to carry about a barley corn, a, a, a barley corn grain, which had been found in the dung of a white she-donkey. Come on. <laughs> from a Jewish point of view, this woman couldn't have suffered for, from a more debilitating disease. She was unclean. She was isolated, yet she was in the crowd that day. And what she did by touching the hem of Jesus' garment doesn't make sense if you know the Bible, if you understand the law, okay, in a cursory reading. 
In other words, Rhonda's been teaching about eat this book. And there's, you can read the Bible and get an understanding, but you can also get a deeper understanding. Some people just get the surface understanding. But God wants to take us deeper. And if you were just to read a surface understanding of the Bible, you don't understand what this woman was doing. Because it goes against, would you get Haggai chapter 2, verses 11 and through 13. If you just read a cursory reading of this book and understand the law, you say it doesn't make sense why she would feel like she could go and touch the hem of his garment and be healed. But she didn't just have a cursory reading. She didn't just have a surface understanding. Somehow this woman with this issue of blood had a deeper understanding of who was there that day. Haggai chapter 2, verse 11. No, hold on. No. Because clean things don't make unclean things clean. Every mother knows that. That has a son. You put your son in his church clothes and you put him by a mud puddle. I'm here to tell you that mud puddle's not going to get clean just because your son is clean. You put him with the dog, that dog's not going to get clean. Can you say amen, somebody? Go ahead and read. It shall be unclean. Is that 13? It shall be unclean. In other words, according to the law, if I'm unclean and you're clean and I touch you, you don't make me clean. I've contaminated you. Now, if I was to take a big glass of water, and I should have maybe got this illustration here, and I asked you to come up and drink out of this glass of water, but then I have a little eyedropper, and I put a little drop in that big glass of water, and you say, what did you put in there? And I tell you, well, I got a little water out of the toilet. But I only put one little drop in there. Would you drink it? But that water was clean. But according to nature, according to the law of cleanliness, according to the Old Testament, it was the unclean always made the clean unclean. The clean did not make the unclean clean. Can you shout praise the Lord somebody? And that's according to this world. The way 
it works. And that's why the law has no power. That if you break one, the Bible says if you break one of the laws, you're guilty of all. Why? Because it contaminates the whole thing. Just like that little drop contaminated all of that water. That's what, when you break one commandment, it contaminates the whole thing. So really for all of us, there's no hope. Under the law, sin dominated. I said under the law, sin dominated. But what Jesus, and maybe what she understood, was that Jesus was showing us that grace was greater than the law. Shall praise the Lord somebody. And that when he went among the crowd that day, amen, she understood that there's something different about him. This is God manifest in the flesh. The son of the living God. The Messiah who's promised to come. Amen. And he promised to heal us and to help us. And she understood that if I can touch him, I will not make him unclean as the law would say. But he can make me clean. And I'm here to tell you, that same grace is here today. Will somebody stand and praise him today? I'll tell you one greater, greater than the law. God's grace is greater. It's greater. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, his flesh was not like our flesh. Though he walked in flesh, he was without sin. And according to the law, she should have made him unclean. But the Bible says when she touched him, Jesus turned around and said, Who touched me? Who touched me. Hallelujah. In other words, can we touch Jesus and by faith power come from him? Because he said, who touched me? Now, I know some of you are thinking, you know, Brother Matson's not here, but he'd be saying, well, God, Jesus knew anyway. You know? <laughs> I don't know whether he did. Or it doesn't matter. But he said, who touched me? And, and Peter said, now, Lord, come on now. You know, I didn't touch you. But, but you got these people thronging you, and, and they're all about you, and everybody's touching you. There's a difference between touching Jesus and touching Jesus. <laughs> Amen. You know, we can touch Jesus. Oh, we can touch Jesus. Sometimes I just need to touch you, praise God. A and Jesus disputed with and said, no, 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 you don't understand, Peter. And Peter seemed a little frustrated. Y you know, come on, Lord. You know, what's, what's going on here? You know, what do you mean who touched you? Man, Jesus said, this is different. This was a different touch. I have perceived, I perceived power left me. Amen. Went out from me. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, if we could just but touch him. I'm here to tell you there is a touch that's greater than the law. There's a touch that's greater than the law. And, and, and that woman who, who came she, she understood she'd been caught just what she was afraid of because she was unclean. She wasn't supposed to be touching anybody. She was unclean. 
And here she was caught, and she understood that I broke, I, I broke the law. I didn't do what was right. I, I, but I just know that if I could touch him, I could be made whole. But you think she could have gone up to those disciples and asked their permission? She wouldn't got permission. Get out of here. She understood she had to do it, and she beat through that crowd. She refused to be sidelined. Can somebody say amen? She refused to be sidelined, and she beat herself through that crowd, and she touched, and, and, and healing he touched her, and she was made whole, and she came, and Jesus said, who touched her? She came trembling and, and, and told him her story, and he said, daughter, be of good cheer. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're saved by faith. Faith is greater than the law. If we can believe he's greater than the law, we can be made whole. Everybody said made whole. Hallelujah. This was God manifesting the flesh. She understood that what the law could not do for her, Jesus could. You need to know that. You need to know that Jesus can set you free. I don't care what bondage you were raised under. But you've got to press your way through to him. I know doubt comes. Amen. I've been, been studying and, and, and doing some, some research and, and uh, Rosa Parks and, and uh, just the, the fact that, you know, you hear all these stories about her. Some of it's myth and some of it's true. And uh, I was doing this for some, some leadership. And, and uh, the, the story is, well, she was just tired that day. Oh, no. She said, the only tired I was was tired of giving in. Hallelujah. I just tired of giving in. And so she refused to be sidelined that day. And I think of that widow woman today, praise God, who said, I'm tired. The law wanted to sideline her. The law said you're not good enough. The law said you're unclean. The law said you're not worthy. The law said you're a sinner, no good. Amen. But she said, I'm, I'm tired of giving in to this. It's been 12 years. And I know that Jesus is greater than that condemnation. I'm just tired of giving in to what I've got Amen. And she pressed her way through and she stood up to what she had and touched the hem of his garment. Will you stand and praise him this morning? Will you stand and praise him this morning? Hallelujah. Don't let the devil sideline you. Don't let anybody tell you that God's grace is not greater. I don't care what you've done, where you've been. God's grace is greater. God's grace is greater. God's grace is greater. Oh, let's praise him one more time. Don't let your past determine your future. Don't let what others have told you determine you touching him or not. Press your way through the crowd. Press your way through the doubt. Press your way through the condemnation that wants to sideline you, wants to hold you back.
And when she touched him, it poured forth. Virtue poured forth. I said virtue, power poured forth. The Holy Ghost is promised to you. Glory to God. When you go down in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, I want you to know every sin is washed away. It makes you clean. Everybody says it makes me clean. See, it's supposed to be you contaminating that. But you don't. It cleanses you. Because it's not done in your name. It's done in the name of Jesus Christ. In the authority of Jesus' name. Because he's greater than the law. Jesus is passing your way. And just one touch of him. I believe he's here right now. Um, thank you, Jesus. Oh, and just one touch by him. It goes against logic. It goes against psychology. It goes against people when, no, no, you, you're ruined, man. You're ruined. No, you're not. There's one greater than all of that. <laughs> and his name is Jesus. And if you don't know him today, I just want to introduce him to you. He's walking among us. This altar's open if you want to touch the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're battling. I know he's greater. He's bigger than my mountains. Hallelujah. He's bigger than my obstacles. Thank you, Lord. That's it. He's here today. She reached down and she touched him. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. And now I know he touched me and made me whole. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Yes, he did. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole.